Welcome to Fantasy Fishing Edge, podcast about all things fantasy fishing and bass fishing in general. I'm Rich Lindgren, a.k.a. Hellabass. Find me at Hellabass on all popular social platforms and YouTube. This podcast is simulcast on YouTube as well, so if you prefer to watch the video version, search Fantasy Fishing Edge or Hellabass on YouTube to subscribe. There are also links to all these social media platforms and YouTube in the podcast descriptions. Enjoy the episode. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. All right. Man, we are live. Here we go. What's up, everybody? Give it a a moment or two for people to filter in. You guys can kind of sound off in the chat if you're here. Uh, Let us know. Oh, yeah. This is going to be good, man. I've been, I have been dying for some tournament action. In fact, so much so that I've been. Uh, my my boat is for sale right now, and so I've been jumping in boats with everybody I can just because I'm itching for tournaments in general. But having an Elite Series tournament finally back on the schedule, man. I'm pumped. Yeah, absolutely. It feels like it's been – was it uh, – so the Classic was in March, right? Yeah. It, so it's been basically eight, ten weeks now by the time the tournament starts, but it feels like it's been ten months. In yeah. Total. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everything it feels like we literally had a whole off season go by. What it actually feels like. What, what's what's going to be awesome though is we're not going to have a giant gap between the end of the season and the beginning of next season. And I'm it's it's always the hardest time for me, like around Christmas and stuff, because I know we got to you know by the time we get to Christmas, we've just got another month or two before tournaments are going to kick up. And now it's not going to be that big of a, a gap. So. Not going to be August or September through the end of the year. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, gang. Let's see. Uh, PB, Dad, Brian, Tom, Kyle, a bunch of the regulars. How's the audio, guys, sound to you guys uh, for Koi and I? In the chat, let us know. Make sure it sounds good to us. Just want to make sure it sounds good to you guys. Yeah, this is my this is my first actual YouTube live stream. So really excited about that. I, you know, I do a lot of Facebook live stuff, but... But uh, but as far as YouTube, this is this is the first time. And man, I'm really glad to be uh, really glad to be doing a, a little collaboration with you. Um, I, I've uh, you know you jumped in to the fantasy stuff after me. I jumped in after the YouTube stuff after you. So we're sort of like on evil even playing ground now. So uh, you know anyway, I, I'm I'm honored to get to be on with the great Rich Lindgren. So I sound a little bit muffled. Let me. Uh... We had this the other night. Let me see. Does that sound any better? So, let's get that better. Um, yeah, well, I definitely jumped into the official Bassmaster Pundit fantasy game after you, but I think I may have been in the fantasy game before you uh, in a different uh, in a different way. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I guess this is probably my – I think this is my fifth year to get to write for bass, and I think it's my eighth season of doing fantasy fishing. Uh, I had three stellar seasons. My first three, I was in the top like four percent every year, 
And then as soon as I started riding for bass, it tanked. <laughs> so yeah. I've had to gradually work my way back up. But Yeah, I used to do a fantasy fishing show with a couple other guys and we called it uh, fantasy fishing insider. Maybe it was a podcast with, uh, you know, Greg Huff. Oh yeah. Uh, so he's done a little writing. For, uh, um, and, uh, and then another guy, Jason Homer of vast utopia at the time. And so we did that for a while. And, uh, uh, so that was my, and I actually back that, I think one time I finished top 10 at the end of the year. Wow. Uh, Pretty good, man. Yeah, I, I think my best was ninety nine point eight percentile. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we'll just try another version of the mic. You guys, let me know if that got better or not. Yeah, yeah I did definitely one year. I got showered by Tackle Warehouse with a bunch of gifts because I finished wow. in the top ten, like nice. a rod and some reels and a big old giant box of stuff. That was pretty sweet. So that's cool. That's you know, yeah. All, all the prizes you can get, those are all great. But at the end of the day, being in the top of the Fantasy Pundit box, is uh, that's where you want to be. So get all the free gear you want, but uh, the accolades for being number one, that's, that's where it's at. So Bragging rights. Uh, <laughs> you like? The bragging rights. Is there a trophy? Right. Is there a belt? Is there a belt? You know what? We should get one. Jim Sexton won last <clears throat> year, and uh, it was sort of um, – he, he didn't really he, – he did the pundit podcast with us, but he yep. wasn't really like uh, – uh, he, he didn't write an article. Or if he did, he like, mm-hmm. he would wait to read all of ours, and then he'd build his own. So it was sort of sort of cheating, but that's eh, whatever. Yeah, picks are coming, Lunkers, uh, for sure. So yeah, I was going to say uh, – I forgot what I was going to say. Yeah, it will be good because, like, you pointed out, we're not going to have a big break at the end of the season before next year, and we're also not going to have that giant ICAST break that we usually have. So now yeah. that we're getting back into it, we're going to have a little bit of a mid-end of June, and then it's going to be, like, on, like Donkey Kong when they go to the Northern Swing. So, oh, uh, yeah. So speaking of pundits, and let's let's talk about why I decided to, to bring Koi on as the uh, very first inaugural guest of the uh of the the live stream so i've done these for a while now and i thought it would be a lot more fun to do this interactive uh and so as you can see in the fantasy pundits group the very very uh select group uh koi and i are clearly heads and shoulders above the rest of this so if Jim or Pete or Thomas ever decide to start picking, maybe I will invite them to be on the stream as well. But yeah. uh, until that happens and they show that they have the chops to hang, uh, it'll, it'll, you know, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be Koi or it'll be some other celebrity guests that come on. So uh, anything you want to add to that, Koi? Man, I, I tell you, I look at my score right now and I'm, what is that? That's 180 points ahead of you. And uh, and a fair a fair jump ahead of Mr. Sexton, but um, I've been in this position before, and uh, I got real I got too comfortable. So I, I'm not slowing down. I'm I'm super strategic right now, and I'm I'm not gonna let y'all catch up. I'm ready to I'm ready to take it down. I didn't like coming in. I think I came in third last year in this group. I didn't like that. So. Yeah, and I mean. It's so elite that even like a guy like Chris Mitchell can't even get in this group. So, um, <clears throat> <laughs> but 
Yeah, so we're off to a decent start, uh, and I think if you wouldn't have sold my pick, we'd literally be tied. So, um. <laughs> like I was saying a minute ago, like back when I first started writing for Bass, my my picks everything tanked because I felt like I had to stick to my guns. If I pick five guys, I'm going to stick with them to the end. And actually, if you go back and read my early articles, it was like I tried to make it scientific, like you know, gut versus, versus, uh, you know, actual stats and stuff like that. Right. And, uh, you know, it, it played, it, it played, uh, okay sometimes, but it was more depressing because I'd go back and look at what I could have got if I'd have done the opposite and almost right. every tournament I did exactly the opposite of what I should have done. So, uh, I learned that it's okay to switch up your pick. And if somebody has a good idea, that that's okay too. I can't win anything at the end of the day anyway. So I want those bragging rights. So. Yeah. So yeah, my art, you know, the, just the, the, how it works, right? Like they want our articles as early as possible. So yeah. as many fans get a chance to read them and take them in if they choose to, if they, or learn what to do or what not to do, however they want to take it. Uh, and then uh, I do a video probably, now this is going to be this video. We're going to do a live and then that's going to be the podcast or the video for this. Um, and so that's usually a little more refined in my thinking at that point, because I've had more time to digest. And then a lot of times if there's any last minute, uh, changes, I will do like an Instagram story, like one or two nights before, uh, the event. Uh, so. well, it makes it feel a little more legit not like you're just snatching some other, some other pick, but I mean, yeah. I, I'm going to give you credit where credit's due. Like I said, in my, my apology video, that, that was a good video. That was entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed that. Uh, I, uh, I, you know, I picked it because I changed it because it was a great pick. It was a great pick, you know, and it was one that I glazed over. So when we're writing these, we do as much research as we can. You know, we're digging through all the tournament results. We're digging through, you know, all everything that we can, the, the, the angler's momentum, I mean, all of it. And at the end of the day, it's hard to comb through every single possible stat. And so you're going to miss uh-huh. some things. But that's what that's what's beautiful about having four or five of us writing these articles for all you guys out there who are picking these these uh, these picks every time because you have so much information that we've whittled down to the to the bare bones and so y'all get the, the best of everything. Um, so I mean, at the end of the day, I read your articles too, all the other ones, and uh, sometimes I make fun of you and sometimes I agree with you, but it's just kind of the way it goes. What? Man, you just went silent on me. I did. What is that all about? Uh oh. Can y'all hear me in the comments? <sighs> Uh, this happened the other night too. Can you hear me? Yes. No. Hello. Uh, I changed it. <clears throat> I changed the setting. Hopefully that. Uh, <clears throat> right. so hopefully my audio still sounds good. I can hear you again. Yeah, I did. So the thing I I I used to look at the pundit picks, and then as I was writing my article, now I try to. Uh, read I, I try to draft mine and get it all down yeah and then i'll kind of glance at the other ones to make sure that we're not all saying exactly the same thing <laughs> that's about, so I, don't, I try to write it not let any of you guys influence me if i'm behind or whatever and then i kind of check it to make sure it's like we don't have like everybody saying these like four out of the five people right so, um that's kind of my methodology as far as and I, and I, and different things depending on how much i know the lake how much I spend doing research on, you know, past bass tournaments or other circuits or, or that kind of stuff. Uh, so it just kind of depends on how much time I have, how quick the turnaround is. Like if it's a back to back, 
So yeah, absolutely. So, and for you guys that are wondering that we're talking about, so you can uh, see uh, this here is you go to BassmasterFantasy.com uh, and you'll be able to see uh, usually on this upper left <clears throat> is where you're going to see all of the, uh, the fantasy fishing picks. So everybody's got theirs in even Alan uh, Thomas decided to actually put one in this, this, this time. So uh, I don't think this is the first one he's done this year, isn't it? I don't remember. Yeah, I think it's just been the three of us. And old Ronnie Moore, he's backed out. He couldn't hang. So, uh, well, Ronnie Moore's too big time now. He's he's moved on to like really great things now. So <laughs> yeah. So basically, um, what that means is that's the next step in the ladder for us too. We're going to be uh, commentators. So, so my goal is to get Ronnie on one of these live streams to talk fantasy fishing. So we'll oh yeah, make that happen. So, um, and for those of you new, like if you're here and you don't play fantasy fishing, maybe just a quick thing, like so you could still get in, you can still play. You're probably not going to win the year-end prize, but you can still win. They they pay it with like 15 plus places every event with like raffle, gift cards, cash, yeah, lots of good prizes. And then you can enter groups like mine and many other people's that have groups. Uh, if you go to the group directory, uh, oh boy, went too far. That was awkward. Um, Right, you go in there, you can look, and a lot of these groups have prizes, right? So Tackle Warehouse, AFCO, Sunline, Beat Halibas. So you can come in here, you can get some of those bragging rights if you feel good enough. Uh, I've got over 1,500 people in my group. And then Bass Utopia and Omnia Tackle supply gift cards and other prizes uh, for the people that win my group. So make sure you get in here. If you haven't, this is a great time. This is a great way to follow the sport. It's a great way to learn about anglers. Have some fun, get some bragging rights, and if you get lucky or you're skilled and you do well, you can win. Like you might have the uh, the UPS or FedEx guy stopping at your house multiple times a week, dropping off all kinds of sweet fishing stuff. So everybody should play. <laughs> Anything to add? I mean, what, what are your thoughts? Uh, on that? I'm pretty sure that uh, either the last tournament or the first tournament. No, it would have been that. It could have been last year even. Somebody got in and hadn't played a single tournament all year. Got in and won one. Uh, I think yep. it was last season. So, I mean, it can happen. Anybody just come in and, and just and, and pick it. And you don't have to be a genius either. I mean, we're we're clearly not geniuses uh, uh, by any stretch. Actually, I think, I think the person that won the Classic. Was it? Or, or maybe you didn't win. They won our group, did really well. So this person that took – I think this, per, this person came in after this. Trista won my group. That was the first time she played. She had not played before. Ah. So. Well, so, it could be the, it actually it actually might have been the classic that you're speaking of just a couple of months ago. So it very well could have been, yeah, absolutely. But you don't have to be genius. There was a, a grandma who won the whole thing last year, and you literally won a boat. Yeah, she she, won, <laughs> she picked Keith Combs in every tournament. That was basically her strategy. She filled in the filled in the blanks, and uh, she she stomped us all. So what what can you say? So let's uh, let's uh, but before we get into the picks. Uh, let's talk about, there was some exciting news this week. Oh man. You, you want to touch on this? Like you're pretty, you're more jacked than I am. So why don't you go ahead and tell us? Oh, you, you have to travel a few extra miles than I do. I literally live in Denton, Texas, which is about 42 minutes away from Ray Roberts, which it was, it was announced yesterday that Lake Ray Roberts is going to be the location for the Bassmaster Classic 2021. They're going to be down in Dickie's, uh, not Dickie's, Dickie's Arena down in Fort Worth for the weigh-ins and, and the conventions down there, too. It's going to be awesome. I am uh, I'm, I'm 
convinced that we're going to have record crowds. We're going to break all the numbers. They're not going to have a clue uh, how many fishermen are going to show up to this thing. It's going to be mind So I hope you're going to make it. You're going to be able to come down. I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> so we'll see. Well, I am definitely going to be there. I'm going to be there at the expo. I'm taking the whole week off and I'm going to be out there hanging out with everybody and, <clears throat> and, 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 you know, hopefully get to, I, a, a lot of you guys I've, I've been talking to or, or known for a long time, haven't ever got to meet you in real life. So uh, if you come down here, we'll take you out to Louisville or we'll take you to some of the other lakes around here. And I'll take your time out there. I know how to catch some, some pretty big bass. What's, what's your personal best up there in the, in the, the little, little bass waters up north? Yeah. So in Minnesota, my personal best is seven, two, five. That's, it's not bad. And, and then my PBPB came out of Amistad and it was an eight, three. That's right. Well, Louisville, and this is not, you know, I'm, I'm not, not a one-upper very often, but uh, Louisville last year, I had, I think, four bass uh, over eight and uh, about, oh, probably six or seven over seven pounds. So nice. um, there's, there's some big, big bass that live down here. Now, I'll tell you, I actually despise fishing Lake Ray Roberts with a fiery passion. It eats <laughs> I've, I've fished two tournaments out there and uh, that, that I've actually done well in. I've fished a lot more where I've got my teeth kicked in. Um, the, the big thing for, for March, late March next year, is going to be the weather. So the weather's going to either make it or break it. Uh, it could be 40-mile-an-hour winds and, you know, 15 degrees. We had that last year. I fished an April tournament on Lake Ray Roberts, 40-mile-an-hour sustained winds and a wind chill of 15 degrees, and it was – it was ludicrous um, or it could be perfect and sunny and fish and deal. So it's, it's going to be exciting either way. The guys are going to have to stay on their toes the whole time. And it's going to take some big weights to win it. I mean, like picture weather wise, like the grand classic, right? It could be like the two grand classics, right? One was like cold leading up, but then it was like 70 degrees and nice weather in the tournament. And the other one was like literally almost snowing and, and uh, brutally cold. Right. So yeah. Anywhere in between there in North Texas in March, right? Texas. Uh, almost, almost certainly still pre-spawn at that time, right? In in late March? No, no. So we no. are spawn starts okay. uh, in late February, and uh, it goes goes all the way through March and into into April and then part of May. But it's really the bulk of it is going to be early March. It, it all depends on how how cold the, the winter is. Obviously, we don't have freezing lakes down here. I mean. They, they get warm. They get in the mid fifties, generally speaking, around late February, uh, sure. sometimes early March. So that's about the time the fish start moving that direction. There will be some in all stages. That's the beauty of it. There's going to be some post spawn yeah. fish. There's going to be spawners. There's going to be pre spawn. But, but probably not going to be. I mean, it could be if if the weather lines up, but probably not like a full on spawn. Like, uh, but there could be some. But I don't think that. I think pre spawn is going to be the the majority. Yeah, if I had yep. to guess, but I would agree. Yeah. But uh, what kind of uh, what do you? I mean, what what do you think? Like, what is? How does the lake set up? What like what kind of? I mean, uh, did they fish Mega Bucks way back in the day there, or are there any tournaments been on Ray Roberts for bass? No, I feel like maybe way back. I'm not sure, but any like what 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 kind of lake is it? Is it like Standing Timber? Like what what kind of stuff do you see at Ray Roberts? So the, the so TTBC the Texas Toyota Texas Bass Classic was yeah, there okay. a couple of times I think uh, 
want to say Matt Heron won it that year, I think. Yeah, sounds yeah. right. I think that was the last year. They may have had one on Texoma the year after, but it was one of the last two of the TTBCs before they became Texas. Um, and and uh, it was real flooded that year. So it actually didn't mm-hmm. show up like you would expect it to. Um, but if it's normal, full, you know, normal pool and you really got the north, the northeast side of the lake, the whole east branch, uh, the north part of that is going to be where it's won. Hands down. There may be some guys that fish the west arm, maybe some guys that fish down south. There's bass there. Um, in fact, the, the one, one of the guys that I have, I'm getting really dark. Am I getting dark on yeah. you? You did a little bit. I'm not sure why. I guess I just moved forward a little bit. I don't know. It's, it's got to catch up. Anyway, um, so one of the guys, there it goes, one of the guys that I have to, to win it uh, may be fishing some stuff on the west arm in the south. Um, and uh-huh. but it's going to primarily be in one of two creeks. So if you, hey, uh, Chad, I, I see you uh, think I need a light. Go to my Facebook page. Yeah. I got some lights. Uh, he, may, he may maybe got too much lights. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's probably these guys. So let me try this. No, no, I think it's going to make it worse. No, yeah, no, no, that, that helped. Hey, let's, let's go both of them, huh? Well, I'm at least brighter. It's uh, clearly yeah. I'm here, but uh, uh, that'll work. Got some shadows working. If it's good with you, it's good with me. Sweet. So Ray Roberts has got a lot of standing timber on the north end, a lot. And uh, to the point, and it's, it's like sneaky standing timber where these guys are going to be, they're going to be pushing their, their boats to the max. So you could have a guy that's leading it, and then he smashes a stump with his lower unit and can't fish the rest of the day um, or has to go get it fixed. So it, those guys are crazy when they get to, to standing timber. They don't, they, don't, uh, they don't think through it. They just go for it. So, so, so the big prediction is the service crews will be busy next March. There, there are going to be some serious lower units swapped out, yeah. Except for the E-Tech service crews. Too soon? <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, uh, that was a shocker. <laughs> yeah, didn't expect that, but uh, you know, no. curious to see what those pros are going to do. Like, uh, I guess let's see, he's Suzuki. Who's a who's a good? I mean, Scott Martin's always been Andrew, but uh, a lot of those guys. We'll see see what they end up switching over to. But um, but yeah, so Ray Roberts is uh, is a great swim bait lake, a really good swim bait lake. Okay. Um, I know an, another. Well, they can't throw a rigs, but they can throw swim baits. So. A couple of years ago, a guide out there caught a uh, he caught a thirteen, an eleven, and a couple of nines, uh, nearly back to back to back to back on one point, uh, throwing an Alabama rig, and uh, sort of blew up. And well, obviously, it would blow up if you catch an eleven and a thirteen back to back. But uh, Danny Golden, he he uh, he's a beast out there. But there's some massive, so- massive bass. So there could be – you're saying that it has the quality fish to challenge uh, the classic record that – was it Rick Clun on Toho or Preston Clark on Toho? One of those guys had like, – there was like a couple of 11s caught in that Toho classic. So Oh, yeah. It definitely could. We, we could t- yeah. It, it's a uh, – it is a Texas Parks and Wildlife Sherlunker Lake. So, I mean, they, they take got a lot thir- of – It's got 13s in it, man. It sure does, man. <laughs> And uh, every year, there's there's a couple thirteens, fourteens, fifteens caught out of there. I mean, it could happen. I say every year. I mean, every maybe every other year, see a fifteen, but um, there's mm-hmm. been, um, and those are usually not going to be published anywhere. Uh, those are tight lipped 
deals, but uh, there's some monsters that live in there either way. My, my guess is that it'll take 10 to 11 pounds to get big bass uh, if the weather's good. And then how about how big is Ray Roberts? Do you have an idea? Like, is it, is it going to fish? Is it tight for a classic lake or big? I'm not, I'm not familiar. Like there's, there's four or five branches on that East, on the East arm of the lake that I would say 80% of the field is going to end up in. Yeah. And about like how many, I mean, do you know, was the acreage, is it like the size of fork? Is it bigger than fork, smaller than fork? Like Not the same size as fork. I don't know how many yeah. acres, um, but it's pretty, it's pretty big. But it's going to fish big because there's a lot of arms and a lot of like, right? Like you would think that, but the Wolf no? Creek, Indian Creek, um, Sand Branch, I mean, those, Ottawa, some of those, those uh, creeks, huge <laughs> branch, they're going to be crammed full of guys and they're not huge and the fish are not everywhere. That's the thing they're gonna they're gonna be fishing for five bites. It's not gonna be a tournament where okay. you catch thirty fish and, and you know, have five. You you're gonna end up needing to catch five good bites, and that's how you're gonna win it. I mean, so this is gonna be a grind classic, like quality, not quantity. Uh, and it could be if you get a couple big bites, you may only weigh thirteen or fourteen fish and win this thing, right? If you get the right, I mean, like yeah, <clears throat> yeah, it's definitely not gonna be a quantity thing, definitely. Because, um, like, Cliff Pace, I think, only had 14 fish when he won the Classic, if I remember correctly. So Yeah, on Grand there. Uh, yeah, I think so. So yeah. Matt says it's going to be a Ned Rig Derby. Lock it in. I don't know if Ned Rigs and Standing Timber go hand in hand, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, we don't uh, we do not do Ned Rigs down here. So um, <laughs> I, I can't think of anybody I know that throws a Ned Rig. <laughs> This is yep. Texas. Everything's bigger in Texas. If it's a Ned rig, it's a ten-inch Ned rig. So that's right. We just call those Texas rigs. So, uh, but yeah, we don't we don't throw that stuff down here. We have smallmouth, and that'd be the only place. Smallmouth in Texas, that's about the only spot you'd ever throw that. But uh, right they get annoying uh, in the rocks. So, was well, there anything else you want to cover before we started uh, looking at some of the picks and talking about Ufala coming up? Man, I, I, I tell you, I'm I'm. Not to jinx anybody too early, but keep your eye on Lee Livesey. He has not only whooped me on that lake on Ray Roberts several times, but he he knows it well. And nice. uh, and and speaking of swim baits and all that, you know he he's a swim bait guru, as is Chris Aldane, who lives an hour and a half from there, if not less than that, it could be an hour. So he lives just on the west side of Fort Worth. So uh, those two guys are going to be hard to beat down here because they're having plenty to so, check it out. Well, he can't get information as of whatever Wednesday or whatever they announced it. But yeah. if he's got off time, he can go over and be scanning and putting his time in to make sure he knows where everything is. So that's right. Um, that's interesting. <clears throat> uh, so yeah, hey, thanks for everybody that's joined so far. Uh, if you can hit that like button and share it out a little bit on some social as we get into the picks. Uh, so uh, let's. Uh, Sycamore wants to know what's your go-to, like I guess bait on Ray Roberts, and then we'll jump over and start talking about Ufala. On Ray Roberts. So the, the few times that I've done well there, I throw I throw square bills. So I'm a big square bill guy. Um, there's some rocks, and uh, the times that I've done well is during the shad spawn. So I, I don't like it in the in the, uh, in the spawning time or pre-spawn because those fish, they just move along from, from uh, tree to tree. They just bounce around from tree to tree, and you have to hit them in the head. And if you can run into five bites, you're going to probably have 20 pounds. Um, but uh, it's running into five bites is the problem. So I don't flip. I, I go for as many bites as I can and just try to catch a check. If I'm doing like a, a 
a series there. Uh, but uh, in general, that right there is my go-to bait: black popping frog. If I'm if I'm doing sure. anything in Texas, that's that's what I'm doing. Well, if we, if we get good weather, it could get bit in March on the and but yeah, wouldn't put my money on it. That's going to be a, a major player in March. <laughs> but it could be if you get the right warming trend. But oh yeah, actually, I throw frogs yeah. starting about February here. Yeah, I mean, but you have to have the right weather, right? Like it's it's got to be a warming trend. It's got to be things got to be kind of go in the right direction. It's a weather. It's much more weather dependent that time of year than it is this time of year or later. So yeah, that's um, true. So so Eufaula, right? We're going there. Eufaula is a southern lowland uh, impoundment. It's on the uh, Chattahoochee river uh i believe it's above seminole below west point right there might be one more in there but uh so it, it spans the alabama georgia border uh bpt was there they caught a bunch of big ones yeah, a couple they, months ago um it would have been really interesting to see they would have put up some big five fish weights if they would have been fishing a five fish derby uh the fish were really shallow the water was up it was dirty then uh, i think the water's still up a little bit from what i'm hearing they're still getting quite a bit of rain uh, Eufaula's got not like vegetation. It's got like shore, shallow vegetation and grass, but there's really not like offshore grass from it or not much to speak of. So uh, what is there is pretty shallow and it's kind of shallow bank emergent type stuff. Uh, there is a plethora of brush in this lake from my understanding. Uh, there's a fair amount of ledge if you want. Like, so there's offshore brush, there's offshore ledge. Um, <clears throat> I think by all accounts, there's, it's dirty enough that there's always a shallow bite. So there's going to be a lot of things that play. They're going to be really predominantly post-spawn, starting to get into the summer patterns, I think. I think basically what I'm hearing is basically waiting for that next hot snap down south, so to get in the 90s to really get them fished to get out on the ledges and the brush good is what I'm hearing. So yeah, yeah, they haven't quite made the move yet, but it sounds like they should be making the move any day to get on that deep stuff. Exactly. So, uh, we haven't had much more. I mean, I'm in Texas, but we're still sort of along the same line in the, in the United States. So uh, we uh, we haven't had any warm weather here. And it's been it's we had like one week where we got in the in the 90s, like even 90s. And it's been in the 70s and 80s, which is unusual. Usually we have a little bit warmer. We're, we're touching hundreds right now um, normally in May. Going right. into June. So uh, they have not pushed out deep. I, I wouldn't think so. Uh, but yeah, tons of brush. The hydrilla, they actually killed it off a long time ago. There used to be a lot of it out there, and it's mostly that emergent grass that's going to be shallow. So if there's going to be anything shallow, it's going to be right on the bank. Yeah. Have you been to Eufaula? Have you fished it? I have not fished it. I've been over it. Uh, I have uh, I've studied it a lot because I like the way that lake fishes. Um, I really like uh, I, I like fishing offshore brush piles, stuff like that. That's that's one of my one of my strengths too. So uh, it's it's a populist lake for me, especially now that it's fishing pretty pretty you know well better than it used to. When I when I was twelve, I fished West Point and I caught like a seven pounder on a Carolina rig, but I don't think that really applies to this. So, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so I think it could be really good if we haven't had that warm weather and we get that warm snap right before the tournament, that could really push those fresh fish out to the deep ledges. So if, if, if they could time that where <clears throat> that those fresh fish show up on the ledges, there could be some really easy pickings for guys that find those fresh schools. Um, yeah. Kind of like when you think of like Kentucky in June, when they first get out there, 
there could be like fireworks if that's how it lays out. Now there is going to be a Toyota series tournament like a week beforehand. So maybe they're the ones that run into them. Maybe the elite series is either way at the week before the tournament, there's going to be a pretty good blueprint to what's going to happen. So uh, take what we say now, take all this in, pay attention to that Toyota series tournament and refine things as we get really close. Yep. Absolutely. So there's hundreds of brush piles out there. If you go back and watch uh I've been watching the old FLW tour uh, events out there with Ryan Drift almost always mm-hmm. going to win or be close. And uh, I think he's the one who ended up winning the, the, call of the BBT event. So isn't that Ryan? Didn't he win that one? Uh, I think he had a second. Uh, okay. didn't he, uh, Wheeler won it. He's the, okay. Thrift but, was in control and then Wheeler got on a school and just. just blew the end. Yeah. But he, uh, Thrift always does well out there. Fishing, he just he, he literally will run 150 to 200 brush piles in a day. It's how many he has on his graph, and he's probably only got a few. So it's just mm-hmm. a matter of bouncing around so you get five good bites. And if I think yeah. if they're not quite to the ledges, which they may not be, they may be at that first you know the first stop after after uh, getting off the bank. Then uh, you know it, it may be one of those things where guys just bounce around constantly. Big for an exaggeration. Yeah. Absolutely, I think there's gonna be a lot of things going on. Uh, guys should be able to catch them the way they want to. So um, let's let's take a peek at a few of the other <clears throat> pundits' uh, picks here. Uh, let's take a look at uh, – let me go big screen here. Uh, is this not changing with – oh, I see what's going on here. Never mind. I haven't seen Thomas Holland's picks yet, so I'm kind of curious. Yeah, I, I haven't really studied these either yet, and I just like, – so the – these things open a new window, so we gotta. <laughs> uh, I didn't plan for that. <laughs> That's all right. Right now, everybody's a little sympathetic towards any kind of digital communication. We're all doing it so much. So, all right. Is it? Uh, yeah, should be good. We're looking at it now, right? Yeah. Uh, so he says experience will be critical. So let's just take a look here. He's got Cruz, Canterbury, Benton, Mullins is his backup, Swindle, Purchase is backup, Menendez is his guy. He's got Zaldane, Widler. So I don't see anything like – I see anything you want to comment on here? Yeah, those uh, are all shallow guys. Every one of them is a shallow guy, maybe with the exception of Scott Canterbury and, you know, maybe, you know, maybe Zaldane. But most of those guys – I mean, John Cruz yeah. – he, I actually think I picked him as my backup, and he is a killer, killer uh, shallow grass, especially emergent grass, yep. or some jig or, or flipping that kind of stuff. He does pretty well generally, and, but looks like most of those guys are shallow. I'm, I'm kind of surprised. Yeah, I would say the only guy that I would say it's not is his backup B pick. Mullins is a guy that definitely likes more deep crank and stuff like that. But yeah, I would say overall his uh, his roster definitely. Trends shallow, junk fishing, uh, kind of seat of the pants, kind of, uh, you know, big spinner baits, plugs, jigs. Uh, and then I would say Zeldane with that 360, I'm sure he'll, he'll probably be a little bit more offshore. Maybe not deep, but I expect him to be offshore. Yeah, I think, uh, I think Mendez is a pretty good pick. Uh, he's won, you know, he won on, uh, oh, where did he win? Dardanelle, another shallow yep. grass, uh, deal. So, uh, but, uh, I tell you, Hunter Shryock. As much as I want that guy to do awesome, um, he uh, he's he's killing me. <laughs> I hope he doesn't watch this. Yeah. Too, I like the guy, but he's been. I've been 
I've been trying to throw him, throw him a lot of credit, and, and uh, he's been tough. So I, I, I don't think I can get behind that one as much as I like the guy. Yeah, and that's his backup, his dark horse, which I think I put him as my dark horse too. Um, yeah, so overall, I B minus. I think he's a little too shallow, heavy. I think he needs a little more variety. I think he leads it a little more uh, offshore. Uh, yeah. He needs to, to 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 spread his odds a little bit. I think uh, if the offshore bite really goes off, uh, he could be left in the, in the dust a little bit. So, uh, but we'll see. Um, let's see if I can pull up uh, Mr. Robbins next. Uh, uh, While you're doing that, Kyle asked me. He said if Ray Roberts was uh, was tomorrow, uh, who would be my pick to win it? Without a doubt, hands down, Lee Lipsy. I mean, just uh, it's right now April, May. It's swim bait time, so I'm picking that guy all day. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and I guess the, the important thing is these guys got got to make it. There's. Yep. I guess can't. Uh, well, Hank Cherry is the only guy that's in right now, right? Absolutely. Yep. As long as he finishes the season, Hank Cherry's in. Um, and I guess uh, who's the guy? that won the Florida open. Uh, he's a good fisherman. He's uh, Brian thrifts, Brian new, right? Those are the two guys that are in oh, yeah. if they complete their seasons, right? Otherwise nobody's guaranteed on the elite series to get in. So yeah, I guarantee that some of those guys are, they're going to be working their tails off that much harder. Uh, especially those Texas boys. So that, that lake's going to be tough for a lot of guys. So they're going to, they're going to have an edge. Nice. So second more, let's know what's your what fifteen to twenty foot offshore brush pile. What's your what's your go to? Well, uh, if I'm going to fish an offshore brush pile, I'm throwing a, a football jig almost always. Uh, but again, it all depends, right? So if it's if it's sunny, I have a football jig somewhere here. Uh, if it's sunny out here, then I'm going to be throwing a football jig. I, I like uh, this is a Finch Nasty uh, Vic jig, and uh, green pumpkin orange is, is stellar out here. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm going to be throwing that if it's if it's uh, real sunny. If it's cloudy, then I'm probably going to throw a shaky head around it, or I'll throw a like a six XD, uh, maybe a maybe a. I've got some deeper ones. I like the uh, the old CT25, six cents CT25. That's a good one out here. So uh -huh. it just kind of depends on what depth you're fishing and all that. So it's a uh, you know that, that's some of my favorite things to do out here. All right, let's. Uh... I'll have that back in. So, Mr. Robbins, he says, think post bond. I agree. Uh, Hartman, uh, Buddy Gross, Kennedy, Lester, Lowen, Hanselman, Johnston, Hank Cherry, Lidisay, and Clun. Uh, so, Hartman, I can see that. I mean, he won in June on Gunnersville. They're not totally different lakes. Uh, Buddy Gross, I definitely thought about. Buddy Gross is an offshore master. So both of those I can get behind. Uh, Kennedy always scares the bejesus out of me. Uh, so he's already – Robbins is already playing with fire early in the season. Um, although he won at West Point, I'm guessing he probably knows where the ramps are on uh, Ufala and probably not a stranger. So uh, this could be that one event where Kennedy does something magical. So – I'm kind of 50-50 on that one. I'm for Not sure anti-Kennedy if Pete Robbins picks Kennedy. 100%. No. Okay. Yeah. So the pattern is if Robbins picks Kennedy, don't pick him. If he doesn't, that's your green light to, to dip your that's toe right. in the water. He's going to win it. Right. Every time. 
Every time, 60% of the time. <laughs> uh, Lowen, I mean, that's a, you know, he's mixing in some shallow. Uh, Hanselman, I don't know if that's a safe backup. Hanselman is an absolute monster when he's on him, but he tends, he's like, he disappears or he like blows the tournament away. So, yeah, I like him as a backup. I don't think the word safe and Ray Hanselman go together. So, <clears throat> totally agree. Now, yeah. if, if Hanselman makes Roberts, I think that's an interesting person to watch. Yeah, it can be a deep, clear, rocky reservoir. I mean, there's some areas that where the guy caught the 11 and 13 and whatever else, that, that was a, a uh, rocky point um, in, in a pr- pretty – it was relatively clear. So it, fish is probably similar to Amstead in a lot of ways. So uh, <clears throat> he, could be, he could be one to watch for the Classic, definitely. Yeah, so – and then he's got Johnston. Uh, and as my, my good buddy Matt Ellis says, if both Johnstons are in a bucket, you never pick one because you'll always get the wrong one. So <laughs> yeah. that goes that goes back to FLW. Um, Hank Cherry, I'm gonna say classic hangover, not on board with that. Uh, yeah, I think Livesey, he's a post bond guy, swim bait. I, I I like that. I mean, he's a he's a good value in E. Um, and I, and I kind of I mean Rick, I don't know if it's a safe backup, but like. I said this in my picks in my column. I didn't pick them, but I think guys like Rick, if you're a big, like nostalgic Rick Clun, David Fritz type of like fan, you fall is probably a good place to pick them. If you really want to pick them this year, that's, that's probably one of the better tournaments to pick them this year. I would definitely get that in before we hit the Northern swing with those guys. Yeah. There's a lot of old history there with those guys, but uh, I've, I was nostalgic once, but only once. Um, and I, <laughs> I didn't pick Fritz or, or Rick Clun after the one time I picked them. Because uh, they yeah. hit me, and I, I called it right at St. John's. I said I do not think Rick Clun's going to do it this year, as much as I'd like to see it again. And he absolutely did. <laughs> so Menendez, I mean, a bunch of the guys that did good last year. You know, both the Johnstons struggled, so it was a different tournament. But uh, you got to be careful of those guys. Yeah. Anything else about uh, Pete's picks that you want to add on? I think uh, go back down to D for me, D and E. Mm-hmm. I can't remember who he had there. Let's see. I know I had Liv C and E. Oh, Corey Johnson and uh, and Hank Cherry. Yeah, Hank, man, I tell you, you, you win that classic, and it's it's hard to it's hard to compete. Uh, it maybe maybe better for him. I, I was kind of thinking about that because he's not had the spotlight so much. He's not been run ragged, and so you know maybe he's going to be a little more fresh than a, than the, the average guy that just won the classic. True. Yeah. I mean, for his sake, it'd be nice for him to make a Sunday just so people start talking about him because I feel like he just like got washed away this year, which kind of sucks. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's being that, you know, being that with all the, the COVID stuff and him not being the biggest personality in the world, I think those two together just kind of, eh. yeah. So. Agreed. I think Livesey's a great pick and uh, I'll stand behind that one all day. Cause he's also my buckety pick. So uh, I guess we nice. can, we can move that. Well, direction for, if you want to a little foreshadowing. Uh, segue for you. Uh, we're we're professionals here. Yeah, we we planned that. All right, so let me pull up the great Koi Great Houses picks. Number one for now. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, pretty, pretty proud of where I stand at the moment. I, I had two really good events so far, and and uh, if you have about 1150 point average per tournament, you're going to be in the top one percent. So that's what I that's what I aim for. A big old uh, got a big old smile and Polinick as your cover shot. 
some sort of weird Fu Manchu thing he's got going on. Yeah. So demand versatility. What are you thinking? What do you mean by versatility? So, I, you know, the weather is going to play a big factor right now. There's a lot of these weird storms that are, are you liking my deal right now? Man, so, so, yeah. so kind. Uh, there's a lot of weird, like random storms that are blowing through there about every week or two. Um, they start down here, down in Texas, and then they just blow east. And uh, and so I think you've got to watch the weather, and you've got to have a, uh, some guys that are going to be able to maybe capitalize on an early morning bite somewhere shallow and then get out offshore and finish your limit with some really good quality fish. Uh, and I think all right. that all the picks are going to be that. So I'm, I'm, I'm really excited right. about this roster. It's going to be good. I'm not going to read your picks. I'm going to let you talk us through it quick. That's very kind. without read without read without reading it to us. Uh, give us the the quick justification, and they can come back and read the dirty details later. Yeah, yeah, you're not supposed mm-hmm. to read to adults, so I uh, definitely won't do that. Palinik, there's that, probably there's there's probably no adults in this stream. Don't worry about that. Oh, <laughs> Palinik, uh, the the couple tournaments that he's won, he, he does it offshore. So and he finds weird stuff like off the off the beaten mm-hmm. path. I think back to uh, Bull Shoals where he won deep crank, and everybody else is on the bank. Um, he can also flip. I mean, last couple of years in the BPT, there were a lot of shallow water stuff, and he he did. You know, he wasn't he wasn't always in the mix, but he uh, I think he sharpened some of his shallow water skills. But really, Sam Rayburn is where my mind goes when I'm thinking of Brandon Pelnick. Uh, mm-hmm. When he won uh, Texas Fest a couple years ago, he's fishing brush piles, kind of that first stop after the spawn, and uh, fishing a big worm, a Nico, and a jig, and a crankbait. I think. And, and top water. And, but in the morning, he was running up to those points in the in the rocks and stuff, and he was throwing big top waters and getting like one or two quality bites before he went and hit, hit his brush piles. I think that's what you're going to have to have here. And so when I picked him in bucket A, that sort of set the tone for all of my guys, to be honest with you. Uh, Palinik used to be a, a make or break, like he was either going to win it or he was going to come dead last. And he's sort of balanced out where he knows that this is, you know, he also is his first <laughs> Back. He, he's hungry for it. So, uh, John Cruz, we kind of talked about him. He's a shallow water guy. Uh, I think if you, if you need a shallow water pick mixed in, I think he's really good. He likes frogs and like, flipping and all that shallow like bank right on the bank stuff. He's good at it. Yeah. Uh, so I, 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 I'm kind of torn. I, I like it and I don't. I, to me, Polinick is like he's either going to have a year where he's like top ten OI, or he's going to have a year where he's kind of up and down. He's going to win one, and then like so. I want to see what kind of year he's having. If Polinick goes well in this tournament, then I think you, you, he's a guy you can ride all year. Well, he came out strong in the first tournament. I mean, he didn't fish the class, right. obviously, but he did yeah. really so, well, which is why he's in bucket. So if he has a top 20 at Ufala, I say he's a guy you can hitch, hitch, hitch your saddle to and, and ride, I think. so. Yeah, agreed. So John, John Cox is a little bit scary, to be honest with you, because he's so – uh, distracted, and uh, I actually mm-hmm. had a pick for Chickamauga too. And you said that you uh, were not behind that, and you were going to talk to me about that. And we never got the chance to because Chickamauga got postponed and moved and everything else. I'm curious does your uh, does your hesitation still stand as far as John Cox is concerned for this tournament? I don't. The the, the direct hesitation is not because at the time Lake Martin was on top of Chickamauga, and he was entered into both of them. And I heard them talking about BTL Live interviews where he was considering a scenario where he fished one day at each just to get enough points so he wouldn't bomb out in either circuit. 
Oh. So that was my main concern is that he was actually trying to consider fishing them both somehow in weigh fish in both, whether it be like start the morning, get a quick limit, weigh in, show up late at the other one, or just fish one full day at one and full in the other. So that was just like, otherwise that aside, I would have been all in on him at, uh, at chicken. Okay. But well, that's good to I know. Do, I'm a little concerned as we go through the year, you do want to be careful because there are some overlaps. And I feel like if he, does good and well in one circuit and not the other, he may choose a path and then skip some derbs and you might not know until last minute. So just, you really got to be watching Cox this year because he's really overcommitted and stretched thin in his, uh, but he's the kind of guy I feel like the more he fishes, the better he is and the more dangerous he is. So it could be good and it could be dangerous. So uh, just make sure you keep an eye on him to know what he's, if he's actually fishing or not, that would be the only thing. Yeah. Absolutely, but he, you know he's a he's a shallow water guy, almost almost uh, completely in salt. So I would be shocked if he got offshore. But what's weird is he literally won a tournament this year offshore, uh, fishing a crankbait and a Carolina rig, which neither one of those he never has those things tied on. In fact, he was like, I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm just going to be out here, and just, I know there's some fish here. I'm going to throw this square this uh, this crankbait, and we're going to see what we can do. And he, he freaking won. Um, he, he's versatile to a point, but I really feel like he's going to stay shallow. Uh, so I'm, I'm kind mm-hmm. of putting him, I'm slating him in for a shallow pick, somebody that's going to find, he's going to milk whatever he, whatever it is he's in, he's going to find whatever big bites he can in there. And then Lester is my backup. Uh, you can't go wrong with Lester, I don't think, anywhere. Uh, but but I think that he's going to have a like a big, um, what do you call it, maybe a <coughs> – not, I mean, he doesn't have finesse anything. So even when he goes smallmouth fishing, he has like a medium heavy uh, with 15 pound fluorocarbon to catch smallmouth. It's it's always like upgraded finesse gear, big heavy finesse gear, if you can say that. I think he he knows how to trick bites when it, whenever it's difficult. So you know he's he's a good pick for uh, for if it gets tough. I think. Nice. Yeah, uh, I like those guys. I never bet against the tin man, and I think Lester is really coming in to expect big things from him in, as this season and seasons to come. Yep. And then old Clint Davis. So one thing I did not put in this article is Clint finished in the top, let's say top five in 2015 on Ufala in FLW uh, competition, and he was fishing a big worm. He's fishing a jig. He's fishing offshore. So le- I think that was actually ledge ledge fishing. So uh, he uh-huh. did it well and has done well there. And to be fair, FLW is a much bigger field uh, than the elite series. And so he he out uh-huh. a lot of guys. And uh, not only that, but and I haven't here when he went on Wachita uh, for the cup, he was fishing the same kind of deal, fishing offshore points, kind of secondary stopping points back on, on their way back out deep. So I think he's a really good pick. Uh, and then Swindle is just all around. Like, I mean, junk fishing is he, – he doesn't like what he's called that. Uh, he's a little more tactful, I think, than, than just a junk fisherman. But he can do everything. Um, he's really more confident just getting five bites. So if it's really tough, he's going to come in with a limit more often than not. Um, and – and he also tends to find better than average fish. So yeah. I think it's pretty good. Pretty solid bucket C, but I'm, I'm stuck with Davis. I ain't going anywhere. Yeah. I realize I haven't looked at your picks until just tonight. Oh, well, so. <laughs> there, 
Spoiler alert, there might be some similarities. You're rethinking, huh? Okay, well, so oh, similarities. So I was thinking you're about to go switch up some of your picks because I, I think Clint Davis is a little bit sneaky, so I don't think many people are going to pick him. Uh, maybe they will now because uh, of how amazing this uh, this live live cast is here. <laughs> Corey Johnson, one of the Johnson boys, so they, they do well shallow. I really feel like they're probably better shallow than they are deep, but they can do both. Um, and I know that they're – they are not happy uh, with how the first tournament went, either one of them. So they're, uh, they're ready to get back after it. And I just think Corey Johnson's he, he's a, he's a wild, he's a, <laughs> I don't want to say too much. He, he's a wild man. And when he gets mad, he sure. gets really mad. And, uh, and uh, so I think he's mad right now and he's going to get out there and get after him. Uh, yeah. And then Mendez is the backup. He does well. West point. Uh, he, I think he's one. Let's see. Uh, he's yeah, he's one on West Point and Darnell. It's been a while since I've read my own article. Um, and those are both, you know, similar and close. So I think uh, I think he'll possibly do well just for more of the sake of uh, history there. Yeah. So Johnson's always scare me. They're talented anglers. I just I'm torn. Uh, I could see it going both ways in that one. And then uh, yeah, Menendez, especially if we're going to get more rain and shallow, I could see him throwing a a big hubcap spinnerbait and having a good derby at this, yep. uh, this event. So, yep. All right. Bucket E. We've talked about my boy. Pete Robbins says I have a man crush. Mostly he's just, he's a good friend of mine and I know, I, I know his mind. Uh, and so I know what he thinks and I know how he, he probably went up fishing, but he knows, I mean, the thing about Lake Fork where he guides is there's some of everything there. There's, there's really good offshore fishing there. There's flipping timber. There's flipping shallow grass. Uh, there's, I mean, everything. You can do everything there. He's good at it. Swim baits. So I think that versatility is, uh, I mean, he, he fits that bill for sure. Uh, so I, I'm all in on him. And uh, uh, it's, plus he's now, he's mo- more motivated than ever now. Um, and then Zaldane is my backup. Same, same kind of reason we talked about earlier. I think that he will, uh, uh, he'll probably live offshore, but it would not surprise me to see him throw like a big wake bait or, or a big swim bait or top water or something up shallow, uh, especially in the morning. Yeah. So the interesting thing right now is there's all these rankings are based off just the St. John's AOI, basically. So there is some guys that stumbled at Florida, which happens to the be- really good anglers. So you got guys like Zaldane, Livesey, and a couple of that are, you know, I don't think it'd be argued they're much better than. E, they won't be an E at the end of the season. So right. um, it's hard not to pass up on those guys uh, in bucket E while they're there. So mm-hmm. um, so overall, I think a decent solid lineup. Uh, I think the only one that really scares me is Johnson. Uh, but, I, you know, I, not that he, he, he can't do well. It's just, I don't know. It's the two Johnston thing for me. So let's, uh, let's just jump back here for a second. So Matt Ellis wants to know, will that hurricane tropical storm push some rain into the area by then? Well, I am not a meteorologist, so I'm not going to – I don't know if it will, but if it does, I think uh, potentially look at more guys like Mark Menendez, look at guys like Scott Canterbury, look at guys that uh, are, you know, roll up the sleeve, throw square bell crankbaits, big spinnerbaits, punching, flipping, getting shallow, you know. Although, depending, if it doesn't muddy it up and just puts – in it creates current. It actually could turn on an offshore bite too. Maybe not deep, but offshore, right? 
So there's there's a lot of factors into that. I guess it depends on what that storm does. If it floods things, then yeah, guys are going to go shallow, kind of like they did in the BPT. Um, if it just creates current, then it really could turn off the offshore bite, in my opinion. I don't know, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so Eufaula definitely is a it, it can definitely be a current based fishery, and when they're not generating current, it can get really difficult um, so, sometimes. Um, I'm, I'm thinking more. Well, you know, I may be getting my tournaments mixed up. So I also watched Chickamauga uh, the other day. So I might, I think I'm thinking about that one. Yeah, that's where Rich, Richard Nixon, uh, where Larry Nixon, not Richard Nixon, Larry Nixon uh, was doing well there. So yeah, got those crisscross. But I think that in general, those type of fisheries, whenever flood, um, you're going to want to go shallow. Uh, the fish are not going to stay. I mean, there's brush piles in every depth zone, but I think that more often than not, when those when lakes like this flood, they're going to go. They're going to hit the banks. There's so much flooded cover. It's you know a lot of food and vegetation and stuff in there. So um, I, I would look more to shallow guys if it's going to be flooded. Yeah. Uh, Doug wants to know what do we think about Paul Mueller? Do you remember what bucket Paul's in? <sighs> I I don't. Um, I want to say. Let's see. He he won the St. John's. So I, I, yeah. So he's a. Yeah. So he should be. In, he should be in bucket A. So thoughts. Um, Paul's a great angler. I guess the fact that he's a Garmin guy, and if it's a brush pile deal, that should be a plus for him. Yeah. Um, I can't think of a ton of tournaments like this. Like a, you know, he he came out and went big at Gunnersville, and then zeroed or caught one fish the next day. So, uh, Paul, I think, is a guy that if you're looking for somebody, he's, he's kind of probably going to be in the top 20 or the bottom 20. That's just kind of my gut feel for Paul in this event. Yeah, Paul, um, if you look at his record, he almost always backs up a win or a high finish with a bomb. And so I, I do not think that I would put much clout in Paul. I think but, that he's an offshore guy. But his, his, his bomb was at the Classic. <laughs> yeah, but it, it normally comes in. Uh, I mean, he usually does not have uh, win bomb win. It's does, it doesn't go that way. It's usually yeah. he works his way back up. It's like he he made a big paycheck, and so he's comfortable for a little while. Um, it seems to be the way it is for me. I mean, he's a he's not in it for the for the money specifically. He's a he's a competitor definitely, but uh, end of the day, I, he, he's just a he's a swingy kind of guy when it comes to finishes. Yeah, he's he's hot and cold. He's very talented. He's a good angler. Not knocking him. I just think there's too many other good options in bucket A to, to make me want to pick him. If yeah. if you like him and you want to pick him, I definitely could see a scenario where it goes well. I just feel like there's more scenarios where it goes the other way. So, uh, yeah, agreed. Uh, Mueller's hot right now. He wasn't hot at the classic. Um, I think he'll toss up just because it seems like there's no pressure to the liver. Welcher, I think Welcher could be good. Um, he's definitely fished you follow. He's got some like BFL experience and team tournaments and stuff like that. So, I think I mentioned him in my – we'll jump over my uh, column in a bit, but I definitely think if you're looking for a local angle uh, and a guy that's probably not on a lot of guys' radar, I think Welcher is a sneaky good pick. He's been, um, he likes to he likes to frog. He likes to flip. So if we get that water coming up, yeah, this will be right in his wheelhouse. Yeah, if you follow his uh, social media or his um, or his YouTube channel, he's not been sitting on his hands either. He's been fishing no. tournaments, and he's been yeah. winning tournaments. So – He's a Bama boy, and, and that's – I mean, he loves to he loves to do all of the things that follow has to offer. So um, he's a good pick. He's definitely a good pick. I think he's an A. Pretty sure he's in bucket A. So um, because he – I think there's just too many other good options high up that make him a little harder to pick. But, I mean, nothing wrong with the pick. 
PB Dad says he loves the hat. I can't even quite see your hat. What's the? I'm a Sixth Sense guy, man. I, I'm not Sense hat. Casey, if you're watching this, let's talk. Uh, but uh, but anyway, <laughs> not sponsored by Sixth Sense, but I, I really do love them. I think they uh, they have some really awesome stuff. Uh, but uh, appreciate the, the shout out. It's one of my favorite hats. Figure so fishing related for this for this uh, hangout. My take is. Uh, Time to brush up your game for you, Fala. So I, you know, at least initially, not knowing what the weather was going to do, um, I really thought this was going to be a brush game. So, uh, and it still could be. We'll see. Uh, so that was kind of where my angle was, and uh, it's a clever title. So we went with it. Uh, <laughs> so we've got a big picture of Stetson Blaylock here. So um, I think Blaylock uh, is a guy that's just uh, he did well at the Classic. He's been fishing well. I remember him doing well on Chickamauga. He's from Arkansas, which they are known for fishing brush piles in places like Wachita and Hamilton and places like that. So to me, uh, if this is a brush game, Blaylock is a guy that is one to contend with. And I think he's a guy that is on the brink of really being one of the new superstars in in bass, from my opinion. Fully agree. Yeah, I like Blaylock. I think he's a good angler. I think he's sharp. I think he's been um, – He's been undervalued the last several years, and now he's sort of had had the opportunity to, to, to shine the last uh, couple seasons. And, and I think he's a good pick. I, I have no no qualms with that one whatsoever. Yeah. Just, and so here I mentioned a couple of home state heroes. So I mentioned Welcher, and then I did see that Kelly J did well in a couple of Ufala tournaments. Now I mentally can't get behind the non priest on jerkbait, but Kelly J is the kind of guy that makes it work on a tournament you wouldn't think. Yeah, and this it screams to me it shouldn't work, which is the type of tournament that Kelly J makes it work in. Yeah, <laughs> which I, like I think you mentioned Rayburn, the event that Polinick won. I think Kelly J made a top ten. He was fishing the final day. So uh, if you're on that same logic and you're looking for something sneaky, low percentage, and a guy from Alabama, and you like Kelly J, this would probably be a good tournament to pick. I think weather is going to play a big factor there. So if Kelly right. J, if the fish are sort of suspended, not tied in the cover, if it's cloudy and windy and all that, then that could be a great pick. He's also sort of volatile, um, so he can mm-hmm. he's a he's a go for go for gusto. Yeah, yeah, he's not a safe pick, that's for sure. <laughs> not at all. Um, so bucket B, I'm going Tin Man as well. Oh, uh, so this is not far from his home. This fits right into the type of stuff. He had a top 10 in one of those FLW. Uh, I'm sure there'll be some fry garters, some bluegill bed hunting bass, and I'm sure he'll find a way to coax them into his live oil with his uh, Maxent General. So um, I won't spend too much time on that. We kind of covered that. I did touch on Kennedy here. Like I do have shades of him winning on West Point, and I could see that being a good thing, but he just scares the bejesus out of me from a fantasy standpoint. Burned too many times. Uh, the other guy, Wes Logan, who is an absolute stud, uh, I think he's cashed checks in like 16 of his 18 bass tournaments or something like that. He's uh, and he's from Alabama. I didn't look up his stats, but I'm pretty sure he's fished some ABTs or some team tournaments on you follow over the years. So uh, if you're looking for a guy that's off the grid, I think West Logan to be strong in this event. Oh, look at there. Clint Davis. And so I, I got a really short, short write up <laughs> for bucket <laughs> C. Yeah. Brush piles. Clint Davis won in Arkansas an FLW Cup. He won himself 300K fishing a big worm in brush piles. 
He lives in Alabama. <laughs> he knows this lake. It's yeah, pretty easy. Like, hopefully you just didn't, I think you didn't want to just say what I've already said. So, you know, you just uh, cliff note. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I think Matt mentioned it. To me, he was a super obvious pick, but I don't think a lot of guys know Clint Davis. Like, he's he's kind of a quiet, uh, kind of quiet, big, uh, and carry a big stick kind of guy, right? So, like, when he catches them, he catches them, and he's not real brandish and, and, and big personality, at least on stage. Uh, so I think he goes on the radar. So I think he's, uh, he should be on more people's radar, I think. Um, and I think just about every pundit mentioned Gerald Swindle in one way or the other for bucket seat. So if you want a safe pick, a guy that's probably just going to get you some solid points and get out of here, I think Swindle is going to, he's going to draw up a good limit and be in the mix, uh, you know, and get himself a, a good paycheck and be solid value at bucket seat. So if you want something safe, I think G-Man's your guy, uh, in bucket seat. Yep. If you want a sneak, sneaky pick, Gustafson had two really strong tournaments in May, uh, fishing topwaters around like brim beds and things like that, uh, and kind of mid-range shallow stuff, uh, throwing like prop baits and things like that. Uh, so if you're looking for somebody that's not out on anybody's probably radar outside of uh, well, else, people that aren't in Canada, uh, look at Gussie uh, as a pick uh, for Bucket Sea. I'll say Gussie, though, he's uh, – and I'd say this – as gently as I can, he's really struggled uh, in, the, in the elite series. I don't know if it's just sure. come into his, uh, uh, you know, into his groove, but when he was at FLW, mm-hmm. that guy was a, he was a hammer and he still is a hammer obviously, but sometimes you do, you know, you can do well in one, one series, not the other. There's really no reason why or why not. But, but I think that he's been, uh, um, I, I don't know. He's just, he's just been struggling. He hasn't really shown his yeah. potential yet. So Ever I, since that day day two on Lanier last year, he's kind of been in a little bit of a slump. Like when he yeah. when he went from like leading to like only catching one dink, out of the kind of like set set him on a bad tra- trajectory. And I think yeah. uh, I don't know. Well, I, I don't think that's I, I, he's a good angler. I think he'll, especially with the extra emphasis on the northern swing. I expect Gusky to have a bounce back year. So sure, is this this is his second season on the elites, isn't it? Yep, yep. So, he came over with the Johnsons and, and Canterbury yeah. last year and a few others. So um, uh, for the Elite Series, he's no rookie, but but he's a uh, you know second year for whatever reason. It's it's statistically true. Second year guys struggle. Um, yeah, absolutely. So Bucket D, I'm going fighter, and I feel like with this like quarantine, my hair is going to probably look like his pretty soon. Um, but uh, I don't know, just. He's a fairly high percentage. He's a popular pick. You know, a couple of years ago, I probably would have never made this pick, but I feel like Fighter is really starting to figure out the Southern fishing. Uh, his track record in Alabama and on Gunnersville and a few other lakes has been really strong of late. So I just think I'm going to follow the masses uh, in this pick and play it safe, and uh, he's going to have a good derby. He may not be the best, but I think uh, I'll be safe picking him. It's going to be and weird. Then- because he, he's not going to – I mean, he's going to be looking for smallmouth the whole time, and, and who knows if he's going to find one. Well, that's the thing. I think Fighter is going to do what he needs to to make a check and not stumble in this event so that he can really position himself when he goes up north to keep that momentum. So that's yeah. what I'm looking for. Yeah, he, so I think he's going to do – if he's got to fish bridges and, and, and marinas or you know just scrap up and get his 12 pounds a day just to make a solid check, I think he's going to do what he has to. He's probably not going to really gamble. He's not, you know, so I expect him to just put in a solid finish so he can start creeping up a little bit and get himself in position for a big push in the northern swing. That's my, that's what I think. I'll let us uh, span the gap a little, or I guess grow the gap a little bit more and, 
in our uh, fantasy points. If you want to go for the safe pick, that's fine with me. I like it. It's it's, it's early. I'm <laughs> at the top. I don't I don't have to take risks like 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 Thomas Allen. When you're that low, you got to really like just make things up at this point. Indeed. Yep. Yep. Fair enough. So and then I got I got Hunter Shyrock is my kind of junk fishing alternate. If you want somebody that's shallow, is probably just gonna. You know, this is probably going to play into his hands a little bit, and uh, he's probably going to do okay. You know, he's going to get you probably good value for bucket D in this event. Um, Bill Widler was a lot of guys' backup in E. Uh, he's a swim jig guy. He's from Alabama. I think this tournament will probably play into that, uh, his strengths. And I think for bucket E, he's a pretty safe pick. I don't think he's going to bomb. I don't think he's going to win it. But I think he's going to get you the requisite points you want from a bucket E angler. So, and then uh, Zaldane, I think with his Mega 360, can't be overlooked uh, if, if we're, if we're going to be looking at brush and offshore stuff. So, you're talking about the the, uh, the, um, the Garmin Live Scope earlier, and that stuff, um, you know, or, or you know, the Garmin, the uh, all of the, the live sonar stuff, it's, it's almost, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm, I'm not sure that there's been a single tournament that's been won because of that. Uh, in, in my experience, it actually frustrates guys more than it helps them uh, outside of like looking at a brush pile and seeing where there's fish there because you either overcommit to fishing it or you get irritated because you got 10 fish looking at your bait and none of them are biting it. So you stay there way longer than you should. I, I don't know that that's uh, – I think 360, on the other hand, is great. But uh, all those live sonars we were talking about, I guess whoever else – oh, uh, Paul Mueller, I, I, think that, I think that hurts guys more than it helps them. I'm not, I'm not sponsored by anybody, uh, so uh, it doesn't uh, doesn't play to my favor to, to like one over the other. I just truly think that that can hurt a guy. Yeah, so absolutely. Uh, and I think there's been instances where Garmin guys have finished high. But, yeah, I think, you, I think as the technology is around longer, guys will learn to leverage it more. And I think it's so new. Uh, that guys are they're seeing some benefit, but it's also holding us back. And I think when people learn uh, how to use it and how to like, it's almost like bed fishing. When they can start to tell whether those fish are biters or not by looking them on their live scope, yeah. that's when uh, I think you know, just like guys can look at leverage, like when they can idle over ledge fish that are really good. And they can tell you whether they're carp, they can tell you whether they're crappies, they can tell you whether they're bass, they can tell you whether they're gonna be easy to catch or whether they're gonna be hard to catch. Like the guys that really know it. So. Um, Michael Minnan says, uh, the Florida Panhandle guys, yeah. I, I do like Drew Cook. He was a guy that I definitely looked at putting on my team. Uh, Drew Benton, a little bit. I think uh, Thomas Allen either had him or had him as a backup. Um, but I think Drew Cook could be sneaky good in this tournament. Like, so if you if you like him, I definitely think he's a, he's a good pick. I definitely wouldn't make a strong argument against him. I just didn't. You know, we, the thing is, you can only pick five guys. So, uh, and the column can only be so long. But the, I definitely like Drew Cook. Uh, he's a good pick. Uh, Doug Hayes says, what about Matt Airy? Um, I could see him doing well. Uh, he, he, he probably fished. Was he a co or was he a pro back in the Ufala? He probably was a pro. He probably fished those FLW events. He probably – he was buddies with uh, Thrift, so I'm sure he's got some knowledge. Uh, you know, I mean, he couldn't ask for that information, but he – I bet you – that was probably back in the days when him and Thrift were still rooming together, so they probably talked about what happened – live back then so while he may not have thrift brush pile waypoints he knows how thrift attacked the lake and if he chooses yeah. to do that it could be good he was strong airy was right in the mix uh last june in gunnersville yeah i could see it i don't think he likes shallow fishing either I, if i if i remember right i think i remember him uh 
um, the St. John's River a couple of years ago. He was he was nervous about it because he doesn't like grass fisheries. Um, from if, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's yeah. what he said. I'm pretty sure that he's more of a he's more of an offshore guy really at heart. Um, and and he's done he's done well. I mean, he had a lot of FLW success fishing offshore. So uh, there's also a lot of docks there. Something we don't uh, we don't talk about um, much. Sure. There, there's some docks out there, and I don't think that it's going to play as much. Um, but uh, but you know who, who knows that you could catch a, a random big fish on that that sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, just thinking about I watched a little bit of the BPT because I think it was like the only thing going on at the time when they had it, and there was a lot of docks. There were a lot of good fish caught off certain stretches of docks. Yep. Uh, I remember seeing Elton Jones. I saw Brian Thrift, uh, a few other guys catching. So especially if the water is up, it definitely could be a big player. So yep. absolutely. Um, so I think we, you know, we spent uh, probably 45 minutes talking about Ufala picks. So I think we hammered it home pretty good. Yeah. Um, I'll give a few more minutes if anybody's got any other questions. But so are you, are you going to do, uh, are you still doing the YouTube thing? Are you going to be doing some content about Ufala or what is your plan? going forward from a fantasy perspective on your, on your YouTube channel this year. Yeah. I appreciate the plug. It has been, uh, it's been interesting because, you know, with COVID and everything, I have big plans. Just plan on fishing actually the opens next year as a pro. Uh, but a lot of things with, with uh, coronavirus has sort of shut me down. So I'm having to reevaluate some things. Um, I, I was selling my boat. It's still technically for sale. It's at the, it's at the boat, the boat shop that's uh, it's on consignment there. And so I'm waiting for it to sell. Uh, I'm sort of thinking that if it doesn't sell by the end of June, I may just hang on to it for the rest of the year because I've got some big local tournaments that I've fished the last several years, and I want to be a part of that. And uh, um, and if I do that, I'm going to be fishing as a co next year instead of a pro, uh, ideally. You know, Lord willing, that's the way that's going to work out. So I don't, uh, as far as the content goes, I'm working on a few videos. Uh, I've got some I've been fishing for some crappie lately, which is way outside of my norm. Um, Catch and cook. Yeah, we, we, we do a lot of catch, clean, and cook stuff. Actually, uh, I've got some buddies out here that live on Cedar Creek that that uh, we're going to do some collaborations here before too long and go go do some uh, some crappie fishing. Teach me how to shoot docks for crappie. I'm pretty pumped up about that. Yes. Uh, and, it's, it, and it's just before it's see great things, right? That's what your YouTube channel. Yeah, got it. Thank you for that. Yeah, so I've got a few things. I've been a little slow on putting the content out because I haven't been able to get out and do much filming. And uh, I don't know if you've heard any of the crimes happening in the last uh, 30, 40 minutes, but I've got four kids, and so my house is a little bit wild. So it's hard to do a lot of filming here at the house. Uh, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll put it out there as, as quick as we can. And if I get to keep my boat, then you better believe I'm going to be doing some some actual fishing content and, you know, not just uh, – fantasy stuff but of course i'm going to put out a fantasy fantasy video ideally for for you follow I'm, I'm going to be in destin florida next week and so i'm thinking about doing a, a sweet little backdrop uh, with the ocean and maybe maybe go catch a tarpon or something like that and uh, and do a little film in there so got some things on the horizon we'll see how it works out but uh definitely appreciate uh, anybody jumping on if you want to go subscribe to that I'd love to uh love to have you jump on the channel we're over 100 subs i'm a pretty new channel so uh so nice decent landmark and and we're working our way up to uh to the hella bass uh level so we'll get there one of these days we are we are knocking on 1900 right now so nice. if you're here and you're not sub uh get me to 1900 uh and then do you do i don't can't remember are you on instagram or twitter or anybody else or any other place people want to check you out to make sure they don't miss your fantasy columns or anything else what else mostly just on facebook um i okay. i 
uh, not fully committed to the Instagram. Uh, I do have one. You can go find me. It's called Great House Fishing. Uh, I do post there occasionally, but uh, most of my communication is on, U- uh, is on Facebook and YouTube. So if you want to go check it out there, you're more than welcome to. You can follow my fishing uh, YouTube page. Sorry, my fishing uh, Facebook page, where you can actually add me as, as add me as a friend if you want to or follow me. Uh, more than happy to uh, to to give you all the info there. Are you uh, are you hugging me through the? I was discussion? hugging you, giving you a friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's uh, I mean that's what we have to do anyway. Even if you were standing in front, right. of me, have to do that. So yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. He gave me a he gave me a toe a toe bump the other day. He stuck his foot out. And then he just expected me to know what to do. And uh, he said, kick my foot. That's how we say hi now. I was like, mm, that's how you say hi. I'm not doing that. That's, 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 not gonna, that, that's just you, bud. <laughs> it was, it was uh, not I didn't, I didn't enjoy it. Yeah. Sycamore Adar says, how much time do you spend checking the shallows before you go deep? For me, it's typically how long will I fish deep before I revert to my shallow roots? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to check it first thing in the morning, especially, um, you know, yeah, I don't think that there's going to be any shad spawn left by then. Uh, there is some here, quite a bit here, actually. But uh, that's, so that's, be- that's one thing we didn't touch on. There probably will be a, some spotty shad spawn at Ufala still, I would think. So uh, I, I think overall, even the guys that go deep, they're going to go catch a few shad spawn fish or they're going to go fish a dock in the afternoon or, like, they're going to mix a few fish in shallow, I think. So, um but I think, you know, Sycamore, to your, your question, it really, to me, it's, it depends on the time of the year. Um, like, if, I, if it's spring, I'm going to devote more time shallow before I go deep. Or if it's in the fall up here in Minnesota, I'm going to spend more time shallow. Like, so it really depends. Like, it, it's like, where do I think the fish are and how long do I spend there before I, like, look elsewhere? So it's kind of a tough question, and it's, it just yeah. comes with time on the water, honestly, and it's uh, 100% case by case <laughs> yeah so as far as the tournament's concerned i think most of those guys are going to spend an hour at least up shallow and then they're going to go out and start hitting all the deep stuff but me personally it, you know if it's if, if it gets to be 100 degrees or in the next couple of weeks i'm going to be starting and finishing deep i'm not going to get shallow because uh, i i just personally like 15 to 25 foot of water and uh you start there's a few lakes around here where i fish 40 to 50 so it just sort of depends, but I, I'm a deep guy. I like to fish deep, so um, I don't I don't go shallow unless unless there's a frog bite, and then I'm then I'll commit to some shallow bite. But, then you're all in. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I like that frog bite, man. I can fish it all day for five bites. I have no qualms. Yeah, uh, yeah. If we're specifically talking about Eufaula, I think it really depends. Like if it gets hot and those fish start moving out fresh. The guys that go deep are going to go deep first because they're going to be going to a they're going to be looking for mega schools where they can wear them out. So yeah, uh, that's true. Yeah, I think if you're talking ledges, yeah, yeah. brush piles may be different, but but ledges specifically, yeah, you can just sit out there yeah. and wreck them first thing. Yeah, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't if if those fish are going and that's where they're headed. Uh, you, if you got a spot, you don't waste any time. You go there first. Yep, um, absolutely. Adars has given you some offshore tips to go fishing in Destin if you want. I that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we're gonna <laughs> right now. I think the tarpon are starting to run. I've never caught a tarpon. I grew up on the coast uh, down near Galveston, and uh, so I've never, but I've never caught a tarpon. So we're definitely gonna try to go catch some tarpon. I've got a couple buddies of mine that uh, we were avid anglers. They're 
they might want to fly fish for tarpon, which doesn't sound like a whole, it sounds like fun, but it sounds like it could be really frustrating <laughs> because yeah. uh, fly fishing is just, I'm going to break, I'm going to break a rod. That's just, uh, ain't nobody, ain't nobody got time for fly fishing. <laughs> yeah. well, my buddy John would beg to differ. He's a big fly guy, but, uh, but yeah, we're going to be doing some of that and we might get to take an offshore trip. If so, I'll definitely ask about that. I'm sure there's quite a few of those deals out there, but. Uh, so did you say you're on going to be on Lake Destin? We're going to be in Destin, Florida for, uh, okay. so I've, got a, I've got a vacation, which was actually as of two days ago, was supposed to be South Lake Tahoe, but California has completely shut down where we can't go out there anymore. So, so sure. uh, we're going, we're going down South and uh, we're going to get, go do some, some Gulf of Mexico fishing down in Florida. Pretty pumped. So you're thinking, you're thinking saltwater, that's your primary yeah, I don't think that we're going to end up doing any bass fishing just because uh, we've got a lot of that here. And, you know, when, when mm -hmm. in Rome, you, you go and you do as the Romans do. And so sure. we're, we're going to get out there and do some stuff we're not used to. I used to go offshore right. fishing quite a bit. But are you bringing the GoPros? Are you going to film some stuff? Definitely going to film. I do most of my filming on my iPhone, actually. I do have a GoPro. Okay. And uh, I actually dropped it the other day and the screen's jacked up. So I don't know if I can use it or not. We'll have to see. Okay. Uh, but uh, I'm definitely going to film some, you know, as much as I can. Those iPhone 10s are borderline waterproof, and I can uh, I can get it up close and personal. So it's a it, sure. it does a good job. We're we're going to get some on film. Nice. Oh yeah. Andalusia is the name of the 9F 9F direct. Okay. So we're, so here's my check out this spicy little number I got today. Oh, nice. I will never throw anything like that. Uh, Why's that? I just I don't even really know what I'm looking at to be honest with you. <laughs> it's, just, it's, just, it's just it's just a bluegill swim bait. Well, I mean, I, I know it's not real bait. huge, but yeah, I mean, I mean, wedge, wedge paddle tail. I, I have. You're gonna have to show me how to use those one of these days because I don't have a clue. Uh, I mean, if you watched the recent video, I absolutely wrecked him on that one. Nice. I'll have to go check it out. <laughs> I have not but, uh, this is my this is my bluegill right here. Uh, it's a uh, nice. it's a speck frog, frog for hog. That's about as blue. Got, got some boot tails that you can fish on a big beast hook. Oh, nice! So this is kind of like a know, almost like a hud or a mag draft style bait. A little, little small company that pours them up here. So. I've uh, I've thrown some three sixteen swim baits and I've thrown uh, some Santone swim baits. Uh, I don't mm -hmm. think I've gotten a bite on any of them. I've thrown some like smaller ones, some fives and six inches, you know, big one ounce weight type of deal down deep. But uh, I just I have not ever taken the time to get to love a swim bait. But uh, I hear they're awesome. I mean, people catch big fish on them. Uh, yeah, that, ball and twenty one. These are all uh, Dream Smasher swim baits. So the same. Same maker of that little bluegill. So if you go back uh, to like two videos ago, uh, uh, I got uh, some links in that video, and yeah, it's, they're called Dream Smasher. So well, this, this jig right here, this is one of my sponsors. Uh, this is one of the few of my sponsors here, but but this is uh, this is called KB Magic Gill uh, in a Vic jig. Uh, you can go check it out, Finch Nasty Vic jigs. Um, but, uh, but this is uh, this is my bluegill imitation as well. This is what I fish offshore. Any, any brush piles. And uh, the lighter ones I can even throw on riprap and stuff. They come through super clean. So, but uh, so is that like a is that like a Texas rigged football jig? Yeah, so it's super cool. It's got a it's got a yeah. uh, screw lock on it. 
He's sure. one of the few. He was the first guy that put this out and actually made it popular. Um, but uh, but it's it's weedless. There's no weed guard on it, so it's a super cool nice. dude. So it like screws in like a screw lock, and then yeah, yeah, oh, it's cool. really so weed. that's so that's why your uh, your your man crush on Lee Levisay comes from this connection. Yeah, uh, well, he's uh, I was Finch nasty before he was, so uh, I, I know Alex. Whoa! Shots fired. Got laid down. <laughs> K, KB Magic Gill is actually named after my buddy Kevin Bryant, who is the one who designed that color. And he's been—he was the one who got me in touch with Finch Nasty a couple of years ago. But uh, and was that was that a Rage Bug you had on there, or what was that? This is a Zoom Z Crawl. Okay, uh, Z Crawl. Zoom, if you're listening, uh, let's talk. I, uh, I those big names. There, it's going to be a while before I, I actually get calls from Zoom. I got to do something first. So. Uh, but, but yeah, zoom Z crawl. That's, that's what I'm, that's what I'm throwing more often than not. Also, I like to throw a striking rage, uh, rage grub, uh, a rage, a menace grub, uh, if it's, if they're finicky or a, uh, rage crawl. Nice. Cool deal. Well, I think that, uh, I thought this was going to be like a 30, 40 minute stream. Cause we were just going to talk fancy fishing and here we are, we're, we're pushing 90 minutes again. So, uh, I think we'll probably wrap it up, let you get back to those kids. Uh, we'll call it a night. I'm sure we will touch base again on the fantasy front. Uh, if the response is good and you guys like this, I probably will do more live shows. I think they're probably a little more interactive than me just reading down my roster and, and making fun of Coy's picks. It's funner to have him on here if I'm going to make fun of his picks. Um, so maybe in the future we can have Pete or, or Thomas or somebody I can come in and rip their picks right in front of their face. So thanks to everybody that came in. Uh, this is, I guess, the fancy fishing edge live edition um and we're as always uh here to help you catch more fish make better fancy picks and suck less that's right it's only a kick a jump a block it's only a serve it's only a tackle a run it's only for the fans after all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. As always, thanks to all of you that hung in till the end of this podcast. This has been another episode of Hellabass Bass Fishing Podcast Experience. Please consider sharing this with any of your bass and buddies and friends. This is the best way for podcasts to grow is through word of mouth. Also, don't forget to search Hellabass on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, or just about anywhere else so that we can connect in more ways. As always, here to help you catch more bass and suck less.